So hello, Lana. Thank you for coming on to another chain chat with Diversity in Blockchain. I'm Natasha. It's lovely to meet you. Yes, it's lovely to meet you too. Um, so what we do with these is we uh, asked our last chain chatter to leave a question for you. And we're going to ask you to do the same at the end. And Talisha Shine was our last chain chatter. And her question was, are you team Apple or team Android? Okay, right now, I'm definitely team Apple. Uh, but I have to remain open to the fact that as like blockchain keeps progressing, Polygon just announced a partnership with an Android company. And so who knows, depending on how blockchain apps work, if they move to Android first, I think I might hop over. But currently, I'm, I'm a devout Apple Ah, I never knew. This is one of the questions that I've always had, actually, is uh, does it need its own kind of operating system? The blockchains need their own operating system or or can they work as like in our app store or our play store? So it's yeah. Yeah, they th I think they can work in our app store. You just have to it has to be built for it. But I know that Polygon is looking to like, I think, mass create a bunch of apps so that you can do a bunch of things. And part of the merge with Ethereum is trying to make it so that eventually you can actually run a, a node through your phone over a computer. So uh, as they progress, our phone technology will have to go with us and we'll see if it's Apple or if it's Android. Amazing. That's really interesting. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So is your interest in blockchain personal or professional or both? It's, it's both. It's definitely both. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, so it's really hard for me to separate personal and professional. <laughs> um, it started as personal and with time and the more and more I learned about blockchain, the more it became professional. Perfect. So what is it exactly that you do? What, what is your company? What, what are you doing as a business right now? So my main thing is I, I do business coaching and consulting uh, and that's started to shift actually a little bit into blockchain because I uh, am a founding member of a DAO. I've been to a bunch of hackathons and um, have done a lot of work that way. So I, I'm finding I'm starting to get more clients in that space, but I also run an off-grid camper motel and do real estate investing. And my business partner and I are actually going to be launching an NFT project that's associated with our like vacation destination. And we want to buy land in Mexico, Tulum and kind of have our NFT holders be our third business partner. Nice. It sounds very yeah. good. Um, okay. And what challenges have you found to learning or doing more then in this journey? I would say that the challenges are just, it's like learning a, a new language. Uh, I don't have a tech background, you know, I'm a millennial, so I know how technology works and I've experienced the progression of technology. I remember being young enough to not have a computer in my home to being, you know, old enough to like we do, we're talking on a computer right now across the continent, across mm -hmm. the world. Uh, so I would say the biggest learning curve is just like keeping up with the, like, well, first it would be learning about the new technologies, learning about the securities, the safety features, how not to get scammed, mm -hmm. um, all of the different blockchains, like different blockchains have different functions. What is the difference between like a layer one, a layer two? So there's so much terminology can be very, very overwhelming. Uh, and like anything, it moves so quickly that you have to also continuously be learning new things because you're going to keep hearing about projects or names that you've of things that you've never heard about before 
Um, so that's, that's probably the hardest and biggest barrier to entry is just the actual learning curve and then being able to keep up with the, the learning curve as it continues. And what kind of resources have you relied on to, to keep up? Well, the number one's Twitter, uh, which okay. I feel like maybe a lot of people's answer. Uh, it's definitely Twitter at uh, Twitter podcasts. I'm a fan of Bankless, the podcast Bankless. Uh, and then, um, just even being on Twitter, I'll see a lot of other podcasts or good episodes come up and then you start to follow people who you really know and trust and start to kind of dive more into their groups. Uh, and then I also, I want a scholarship to go to ETH Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and that led me to finding a DAO that a blue DAO, which is a great space for women, non-binary people and allies to, to essentially learn, earn and play in web three. So that community has been a really big resource for me. Uh, and then just all of the people that I've met through Twitter and through DAO work, discord, NFT projects, like all of the classic web three communities. Mm, I find it quite a welcoming community as well overall, right? So you, you, find people that you don't mind asking questions to and things like that yes yes people definitely are like uh the outs they joke right is like everyone thinks we're crazy so anyone that's crazy enough to want to learn more about web3 people are pretty open to wanting to teach you and mentor you in ways that you don't see uh in other industries at all Mm -hmm. um okay so you're a consultant and i said you have a few projects but how do you how does diversity fit into anyone or all of your projects? So I work predominantly with women and non-binary people in a coaching sense. So I I do a business coaching. I work with other entrepreneurs. So I would say the diversity equity piece for that would just be really recognizing that the more equity, like actual economic stability uh, resources that women and non-binary people have, the more likely they are to give back to their community. That, that's like a statistic, not a personal bias. My background before is nonprofit. Um, and we learned a lot about how when you give microfinance loans and mentorship to women, their communities escape poverty faster. So I've taken that kind of same approach into my entrepreneurship. Um, so I'll, I'll also just, I try to create a bunch of content for free, make myself very approachable and easy to access. Uh, And then for the NFT project that we're launching with Astrid Park, um, part of what we're doing there is really honoring the fact that we are Canadians, we're going to Mexico to buy land. Um, So working a lot with not just the local community and giving back to local causes and efforts, but also making sure that we're putting funding and resources into helping immigrants that actually want to go to Canada as well. So just really making sure that with all of my business choices and decisions, uh, the concept of like inclusion and community is really at the forefront of my brain. It's thinking about how can I make this situation a win for me, but how can I also make this situation a win for the other people that should be included in my thought through whatever process or venture I'm creating? Oh, done. Wouldn't be nice if everyone did the same. <laughs> yeah. You know, any, anything, um, like not connected to, but any other companies or individuals that are ones to watch that you think are going places, maybe don't have a lot of, of coverage, a lot of visibility at the moment? Uh, well, I was going to say Polygon, but Polygon does have a lot of, I think uh, they're really in the eye of people right now because they're launching a bunch of partnerships. 
Mm-hmm. But I know I uh, like they just announced their partnership with Disney. They're having a partnership with Stripe. So very much uh, Facebook, met, like well, Meta, they're going to do all of their NFTs. But I know that um, Polygon is really interested in like diversity and inclusion and, and creating more accessibility and equity in the space. Um, they sponsor the DAO, like kind of help us with stuff. And um, we're trying to build out a partnership there. So mm-hmm. I would definitely Polygon. Um, in terms of like smaller things to watch, there's, you never really know in this space because of how quickly things go. Mm-hmm. But my recommendation would always be to like follow major hackathons uh, and really like look at what projects are winning those hackathons and are okay. they applying for continuing funding? Like what team do they have behind them? Because a lot of really popular today projects like Lens as an example, um, I don't know if actually if they're a hackathon project, but they're like very big in that space. Uh, Lens is the decentralized social media platform. Um, okay. So that's like always a good one to look for. But a lot of projects actually c- come from a hackathon project uh, okay. that then can continue building. So that's always a good space to kind of watch. All right. And obviously out of everything, would you say you're more focused on NFTs? How would you explain? Like if I say NFT to some people in my family or some people in my circle, they're like, what? Like, what is it in, in basic, basic terms, people? An NFT. Uh, it, yeah, the, it's an acronym for like non-fungible token, which obviously means nothing to someone that doesn't exist in the crypto space. Um, so I would describe an NFT as essentially it's like a receipt that often comes with, you know, an image on said receipt, like a piece of artwork, but really the, uh, an NFT is a token, which is why it's like a receipt that just proves ownership of something. Uh, and what you can do with an NFT is because it's also a technology, not just like a thing. Um, you can create a smart contract, which is just think of it like a normal contract. Um, where imagine you can have this receipt that's also a contract that lets you know that you get certain exclusive perks or rights, um, that as the owner of this thing, you are allowed to sell this contract or receipt to someone else, but automatically the creator of it gets paid back royalties. Um, That's essentially what a smart contract is, is it's just a contract that lives on blockchain technology, meaning that it's like automatic and you don't really have to do a lot. It just like exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the NFT is really just like the receipt factor saying that you own something. And then depending on what NFT you own, that NFT will give you access to certain perks again, or entitled to profits or depending on the project um, exclusivity of some sort. Cool. Um, okay. Next one. What do you wish you'd known or done sooner? I wish I just like learned about blockchain technology sooner and invested sooner. Definitely. Um, mostly because there is so much to learn and I'm an optimist and an entrepreneur. So I see obviously a lot of potential in where blockchain technology can go. And um, it's, it, there are endless possibilities. And so I just wish I would have gotten into it sooner so that I would have had more time uh to learn more things and to create more projects and to meet more people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about your prediction about the future of NFTs and crypto blockchain? Do you think they're all going to go at the same rate? Do you think 
they might spread out a little bit? Um, I think that, I think people will start to recognize that they're three separate things. I think people will start to realize that NFTs are their own thing um, the same way that they'll like crypto and blockchain, like they're all connected, but they actually are different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lot, so much of blockchain is actually not about money, but everyone associates crypto with money. So I think kind of as we separate that concept for people, uh, we'll see more and more adoption because more people will understand how to build and create on it. It, it really is the same thing with the internet. Like when the internet was first created, there was a lot of confusion around it. People thought it was stupid. The government tried to regulate it like out. Um, they, you know, uh, they wanted to tax emails. Like there, you know, like we, we see so much of what we're seeing right now in the blockchain crypto space is the same, but different versions of what played out when the internet came out um, and what happened as companies started to build in this space. Like people used to think you, why would I need an email address? Like when I have a phone, why would I want an online store when I have a physical store? And now we live in such a digital world that you have to have those things in order to survive. And I believe the same will be true for blockchain technology. People will just be using blockchain technology. It'll be a part of our everyday lives. We won't, we probably won't call them NFTs. We probably won't call it crypto. And we probably won't call it blockchain. They'll, they'll, they'll probably have new you know, no one calls it the World Wide Web anymore, um, mm-hmm. which is called the internet. So it'll be like the same thing. Um, so I don't know necessarily like what it will look like, but I, I do know that it's not going anywhere. Uh, and I do think that there will be mass adoption, but by the point that there is mass adoption, um, it won't even be a topic worth discussing anymore that it'll just be integrated into our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, okay, where do you think in general then, um, well, blockchain companies obviously specifically, but as well in general, where do you think they should be focusing their DEI or DEIBA efforts? Hmm. I think every like uh, protocol or uh, block like blockchain company, I think it's really figuring out what is important to them and their values and what they're trying to build. Because when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's not like a one size fit all monolithic concept. And so I believe, I believe honestly, especially in the Ethereum space, at least that's the space that I'm the most uh, engaged in. Diversity, equity, inclusion are like really important factors in what people are building out. The concept of public goods is really, really important to the overall values of blockchain. And so my recommendation for people is it's just focusing on your values and then turning the dial up on those values. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, trying to check every box um, because that's impossible. And also sometimes is more harmful than good um, Mm -hmm. because you're not actually creating real equity or inclusion. You're just like trying to check a box. So you look good. So it would just be like turning up the dial Uh, An example would be like Celo is a blockchain, it's like a layer one, uh, and they are really focusing on regen efforts. So like regenerative finance or regenerative um, environmental projects. And Mm -hmm. so they are doing a bunch of cool things, but they're trying to turn the dial up on like uh, regenerative style protocols uh, and companies. 
And so they're like focusing on their values and just upping the scale on it. So that would be my recommendation is again, just stay in alignment with your protocols values and your community's values and just dial it up versus trying to stretch yourself too thin and do everything. Yeah, it's like the niche down kind of thing. Yeah. Cause you'll just have more impact that way too. Yeah. And when did you learn your most important lesson about diversity? I probably learned my most important lesson about diversity. I guess it maybe it would have been um, right before I came out. I'm queer. And I, for so long, just had res- like resigned to the idea that I'd never come out because it just felt so much easier to just never come out. And part of that was because I had no representation in not just my personal life or my broader life of being in school, but also on television or in media. And for me, uh, I remember watching a TV show and seeing this lesbian couple and how like they were going through all of the classic motions of coming out, but just actually seeing like how happy they were for me, it actually unlocked this idea of like, Oh wait, like, Oh, your life could actually be happier if you were out. Um, and so for me, it was obviously I'm like really diluting the moment, but um, it was this really important moment for me in, in recognizing why representation is so important because if we can't, see ourselves in something, then we might not know something's possible for us. And so I believe like when we think about diversity, that's why we need diverse people, diverse uh, experiences, diverse voices, because there's so many cool people out there who could be doing so many brilliant, impactful things, but they don't even know that that's possible for them. Uh, And so again, it's really about giving people space to share their stories making sure people are seen um, and just sharing our experiences in general, like a a narrative people have with crypto is that it's not diverse. Um, And, you know, I'm, I work with a DAO where like the vast majority of our members are women of color and, and then also women and non-binary people period. And so to say that there is no diversity ironically erases all the diversity that's actually there. Do we want more? Yes, of course. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not already there. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, any other wisdom or insights, anything that you were thinking about that you wanted to share? Maybe yeah. about the DAO. I'm interested to hear a little bit about that. Oh, Blue DAO. Um, yeah, I think a DAO is a really great way to learn and build community in the web three space. It's, they say that it will um, kind of take on the role of a company in the future. I think they're really fun. They're a little chaotic. So they definitely, there's the growth that needs to occur internally, I think structure wise, but it's an experiment. Everything in blockchain is an experiment. Uh, And I think DAOs are a really beautiful experiment on governance and democracy and all of these things that are important in the larger context of what's going on in the world. Um, But Blue DAO, the one that I'm a part of, I would highly recommend to anyone that's looking to learn more about Web3, especially if you're looking to participate in hackathons, even if you have no technical experience. Like I have, I've participated in a hackathon, but I don't have technical experience. So, you know, I, I came on as a project manager. I would definitely recommend that. Um, 
And then like my overarching advice is everyone feels dumb when learning about web three because there's, it's new. There's so many things to learn. It just feels like an abyss of knowledge. And so knowing that it's okay if you feel overwhelmed, um, that's part of the process and just like move through the discomfort of overwhelm and know that at some point you'll find your footing and you'll feel confident enough to at least then take the next step. Um, for most people, it goes over their head the first 50 times they hear about it. And then just one day something clicks and then they're obsessed. Um, so also watch out for that because you can definitely fall down the rabbit hole in a fun way. <laughs> okay, great. No, that's everything. I really like doing these chats. I know I've only done two so far. Or we have only done two, but I really enjoy them. Like I'm like making notes as we go along. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Um, would you leave a question for our next chain chapter? We're making a chain of questions, you see. The chain of questions. Okay, what would... So the last one was, again, yeah, Apple or Android. Um, okay, my question will be maybe harder for people to answer. But uh, my question would just be like, what, what would be something that you would build or create or do in this world if you knew with absolute certainty it would happen? Okay. Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate yeah, my pleasure. it. It's been really interesting. Um, and we, well, we'll be in touch, of course, with um, all of the social media stuff that goes with this but I would like to stay in touch as well, generally for networking. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. And if you ever have any questions, like um, if you have any questions about like, cause like if you have areas of interest that you're trying to learn more about um, even just letting me know, and I can like keep my ears peeled and let you, cause that's part of just what it is, is you, you're like, Oh yeah, I heard someone else was trying to figure out that project. I'll connect you. Cause it's, there's no real way to search things other mm -hmm. than Twitter. Honestly, yeah. um, like you can't search things in Google that you need. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist. So it really is like very old school word of mouth connecting. So if you ever have a project or something you're interested about learning more about, um, I'll be happy to keep my ears peeled. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah.